Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey, this is Therese Skelly, and I'm so excited to have you here for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. So today, I'm so excited to bring Jocelyn Chong. I've, I've been connecting with her, and she is a freaking delight, gang. You're going to really, really, really enjoy her. So welcome, Jocelyn. Oh, thank you, Therese. It has been such a delight getting to know you and work with you in one of the books that has been an international mm-hmm. bestseller. Yeah. And just to enjoy your delicious soulful energy. <laughs> like our conversations are like so, so delicious. Yeah, we're, we're really, yes, 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 yes. So, you know, as I always do, I like to be in the place of having somebody say what they do and most importantly, what they love about it. So tell us, Today, what because you've changed careers. So what is that you do today? Today, what I do is I blend strategy, mm-hmm. science, and spirituality into business coaching. So what I found was that for many years, I was doing it the hard way, the very <laughs> strong masculine way, and I was immersed in it. I was training it, and that was so accepted by the society. But yet, deep within my soul, there was something so different that was calling me in. And the journey started in 2017 when I read a book called Playing Big by Tara Moore. And I remember I couldn't put down that book because it was so infused with so much spirituality. And it was like, you know, dropping the bread crumbles and Uh sowing uh seeds into my world. And I was so curious about it, but I was like so afraid to tell anyone (laughs) because I was in the corporate world like, oh my God, if I tell them I got to know all these spirituality tools, they'll be like, oh my God, are you crazy? You're crazy. Well, because you were, because tell us, tell us the career, the job you had. I mean, you know, you're in hardcore corporate world. I was, I was working for the largest bank in Australia at the time. And what happened was I was ascending straight up to leadership position. Um, I fought my way through in a very male-dominated environment where 97% of my team was men. So I led men, I helped them succeed, and I had to really rise 500%, work 50 hours, 60 hours a week to really then gain all the capacity. So I compromised my sleep, my social life. And then during weekends, I would just savor into all these things that I thought, if I do all these things, nobody would know. But then that's where it gave me all the energy. It gave me all the sustenance. That's when you do all your spiritual things. Is that what you mean? All the yummy stuff on the weekends? Okay. Talk about fragmented. Like during Monday through Friday, you're this. And then the other ways, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
And it was just really those things that I just felt, you know what, I got to do this. But I didn't have any friends or anyone that I knew in my network that was remotely close to those type of wow. knowledge or practices. Yeah. Yeah. And I the opportunity to network with someone like that because my time was consumed with work. Mm. My time was consumed with running mega projects for the organization. And I was like, there must be more to this. Like, I am sitting on the highest level in a building at the highest top end. We call them the Paris end okay. in um, Melbourne, Australia. And it's like, you know, you're in glamour, you know, you've got your car park, you drive to the best, you know, uh, company. Wow. Yet there was something when I look out in the windows and I see all these company brands and I go, there is something more. I am in the most wow. beautiful cubicle. Yeah. But there's something more to my life than this. There is definitely something more to Monday, I'm setting the sales target. Friday, I am actually making people get their target mm. and then challenge them to do even more with stretch target the yeah. following week. But is that sustainable? <laughs> because they're not happy to come to work. Wow. But how was it on you? I mean, how was it on you? You were in such a male in you know environment so how was it because I know you were like hustling and overachieving but what was the cost to you I mean that's you did it but at what cost ah uh, it was at the expense of my own soul uh, it was at the expense of who I am I uh, lost my own identity I was lost when you uh, think about you know someone who's got everything externally yeah. that I can sure. dress, you know, from top to bottom and look the par and yeah. drive the best car and all, carry the amazing bag, attend and work at private banking level. Mm -hmm. I actually was very, very lonely inside. Mm. I was actually hungry for something more because I know my life was meant for something more. I just didn't know where to look for it because I didn't know even the starting point. I remember asking myself on Saturday evenings because I'm not quite a drinker. I, I don't want to socialize, drink my yeah. heart out. I don't want to do drugs. I don't want yeah. to sleep around. So already those three categories, I was in this fit. <laughs> where are you going to go, go, right? <laughs> I think that I want to do more in life. Like, I'm so sure that my calling in life was more. Yes. But I didn't know because at the same time, I was in church. But in church, I was also a misfit because mm. everyone in church was very meek, if I can use that word. They're very yeah. humble. Yeah. And I've got this big audacious. Oh, you are fiery. You are bold and fiery. I'm doing more. Absolutely. Yeah, right. So then I'm also perceived as a threat in that church wow. group. Okay. Because number one, at my age, closer at that point in time, uh, closer to my 40s, mm -hmm. everyone was married with kids mm. and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So if I join any church circle, I'm quite a misfit and I don't have a partner. Yeah. So the inner circle, we call them, you know, groups that they meet during midweek to build each other up to network. Mm -hmm. I couldn't fit into any groups. Mm. And then there was other groups that were more singles and I couldn't meet with them as well. And I, I respect everyone who goes through an uncoupling journey. And I, I, you know, my heart goes out to them. 
But I didn't particularly wanted to be in that energy as well because during the week, I already have my team. Many of them go through uncoupling season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see clients going through that. Mm-hmm. My colleagues go through that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and now, do I want to yeah. spend even more time right, right, right. going through that? Yeah. So my life glamorously was great at work and I go to gym, but deep down there was more towards that. And my soul was hungry for more. Sorry. No, no, this yeah. is good. We, we talked about some, some themes in your life of self-love, self-compassion and self-worth. And what I'm hearing is on, on one hand, it looked like you were in a very male-dominated situation and you were rocking it, you were leading. But was there truly a sense of enoughness? Like, did, like, like Justin, was there ever part of you that had to like prove you deserved, you know, you're, you're a, a young, a beautiful woman, a woman, an, an Asian woman, you know, I, I can see there could be, you got to work harder or prove yourself more. Like, like how was your self-love? Because it's like, sometimes am I what I do, right? Like, like, so, so talk about that. So I misunderstood self-love for a long time. (laughs) And I thought self-love was earning multiple six-figure, driving Ah, cars, dressing myself, you know, go for a spa, you know, travel the best holidays my bosses do. All those are self-love. But deep down, I was inferior. Inferiority was a huge area in my life. So I was actually very, very afraid of showing different parts of my body, especially my legs. The reason for that is growing up in my childhood, I am blessed. My legs have taken me to many parts of the world. Absolutely love my legs. But my family told me many a times because I have chunky calves. Mm -hmm. I should never wear skirt. I should always wear pants. And I should not eat more because I was labeled as a chubby kid. And no one defended that that labeling was bad for me. Yeah. Because it was accepted in the upbringing of my culture. Mm -hmm. And so it's always like, make sure you watch what you eat. Make sure that, you know what, you exercise. And so there are so many areas in my life that I knew if I continue to live in Borneo, Malaysia, Mm -hmm. I would completely might as well just kill myself. Because those thoughts can be quite strong. And I had earlier stage in my world where I'm fat, I am a misfit, I never get all A's in all my studies. Mm. And so they never addressed it, but there was silence are so painful to right, be part of. Right, right. You knew, you felt the, the judgment. And, and it, what I'm hearing is it was becoming a part of your identity and who you were. So, uh, so I had to work deeply on that. And um, as much as I went to church and understood that God loves me unconditionally, yeah. and I go, if you love me unconditionally, why am I not actually experiencing that from the closest people who yeah. are with me? Wow. And I had to really do some deep inner work around that Mm -hmm. through shadow work, through inner child work, through hypnotherapy, Mm -hmm. through EFT, 
me to really unlock all those things. Yeah. But those are the number of tools that I had used to continue to really help me evolve to be a better version of who I am. Nice, nice. But body image was a huge area yeah. of my world. So I did a lot of dieting. I hired all sorts of personal trainer to look good. <laughs> And I will wow. always look good for a season, but it's not sustainable because <laughs> those diets right. are short term. Yeah. The, the issue was it was not dealing with my root cause mm-hmm. at all. And I still didn't know how to embrace my body. There was one part wow. that I could have been a supermodel mm-hmm. at the age of 38 where I was losing so much weight. I was like close to size seven, which is like mm-hmm. perfect model, mm-hmm. you know, fitting. Yeah. But it was not sustainable after 18 months. Like, I'm not going to drink air and <laughs> water. And- that is not self-loving. That is absolutely torture for yourself. But, but, but like, here's the contrast here. You know, people would look at you and probably look up at you like, holy shit, look what that young woman achieves. And inside, there's no compassion. There's no kindness. There's just judgment and maybe shame or whatever. So how, how did you break? Because you talked about the modalities and stuff. But like if somebody's in this situation and they're like on the outside, it look good, but on the inside, I don't feel it. What would you, you know, give some pointers here. So my first initial step was acknowledging that there are ways to help me. And I had to quiet my ego down mm. that I can accept help. Number wait, one. Wait, hold, on, hold, was, on, hold on, hold on. Were you raised to accept help? that a thing that was a yes or did that did you also go against a lot of your culture and traditions and upbringing to accept help so accepting help was like oh my god you're weak (laughs) oh no so I had to learn that that accepting (laughs) help and ask for help yeah it's okay and then receiving help yeah and then doing the inner work so you can imagine the number of layers that had to peel yes number one to go number two is looking for tools and those tools are amazing unless you apply them and I had to apply them and want to apply them and apply them to get results it was not a set and forget approach for me which I I was trained to do things quick fast because we've got to get results quickly in the common um, work environment that I'm part Mm -hmm. of like turn around turn around turn around change And but spiritual work sometimes takes time <laughs> in the darkest magic moment. Yeah. And I had to learn patience because the sometimes we go through that rest season and that's mm-hmm. absolutely necessary. But the rest is uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. Because we have been taught to always do something. Yeah. Someone just told me recently, the law of attraction means action. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about the word attraction, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep, action. and action equals rest. And I always feel guilty about rest. And here's my evidence. Wow. I never take sick leave before. I have tons of leave and I never take leave because it's like, oh my God, if I take leave, I'm a weak. Great. Right. I never fall sick. Right. Wow. Because I have to be the person that even if I fall sick, I'll still run the project. Yeah. You know, I, I have this concept. I call it the alpha, fem- alpha female, alpha female women, like an identity disorder. And it really becomes, we are what we produce. 
we are what we do. And it's, it's a bitch. It's just like, cause, cause we get wired that, you know, I'm only a value if I'm being productive, I'm only a value if I'm working or if I'm helping or I'm, and so the, I love how you talked about the seasons and how sometimes it's dark and messy and it's just equally valuable, it, but we, we don't like it. And we want to like, you know, it's not the kind of like, what are you working on um, myself? <laughs> like I've done nothing. I just sit around like, that's not what we brag about, but we should. So let's talk about, just go there a little bit. Cause that's a, such an important piece of, and you're so permissive. Sure. Like you really talk about, this is what you do. You know, I love this new you. I've got a lot of confession. I used to think that I can only sleep around five to six hours. And oh. the worst thing was I was working with a GM yeah. who was at work at 6am, who lived work oh. at 6pm. No. Spend time with the family, lock in at 8, 8 p.m. And if I ever send any project, he's already read it by 1 a.m. Oh, so no. I was under pressure to go, he goes, why do you need to sleep? When you die, you sleep oh. through eternally. <laughs> and I go, oh my God, I want to be like him because I want to run the whole, you know. Wow. I, I was like kind of being his protege. Yeah, so yeah. I'm oh like, wow, okay. I can do that. It sounds really glamorous. Oh, good God. <laughs> I'm, a few, I'm a little older than you. That does not sound glamorous to me. But now you know, right? Now you woke up now, right? Holy crap. And now I take naps. <laughs> and the funniest thing was, I watched my grandmother taking naps after lunch oh. for many, many years. Yeah. Many, many years. She wakes up every morning at 5 a.m. She would do her meditation. Mm -hmm. She would pray. She would then do Tai Chi mm -hmm. and walk around the reservoir and then go to the wet market. Wow. That's a routine. That's a ritual. Yeah. And one o'clock, she would have a nap. My mom does that too. So my yeah. mom's a teacher. They teach until mid-afternoon and then she yeah. always comes home for a nap. And I thought they're crazy. <laughs> like in my corporate world, how dare you take naps, right? <laughs> Turns out they were really balanced, weren't they? They were really, they got something right there. Yeah. Oh my God. And so I had to like revisit back and go, actually, if I think about their lifestyle, they were role modeling that to me. Yes. But I was so brought up in the culture here. And because I'm so Australianized, Okay. Like I live longer in Australia than I do in my home country. Okay. I thought I have to assimilate to the way of life here and the way of life here is do it. And the other thing I have to admit was people always go, you know, don't be in the red race. And I'm like, nah, but I was smack right into it. I was <laughs> left right center in it. And I just didn't have the guts or was so ignorant to accept it. And so... Those self-love took time. I always remember when I was 38 mm -hmm. and I was in a conference and I told myself that year, I remembered vividly in my inner voice, I am actually going to stop talking about my legs, thinking about my legs because it's an obsession that I cannot wear dresses. Yeah. And I go, I'm going to do the difference and shop for amazing dresses and wear them anyway. Wow. And, um, and from there, I had then gradually learned to love my body. Mm. I had then gradually learned layer by layer. It didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And learned to accept every single curve of my body as who I am. That's remarkable. 
that is a huge, huge journey. So when I apply body lotion, uh-huh. I speak about it. I, I told myself, if I am the only temple, I've got to start loving yeah. from within because I am the only vessel and the only mm-hmm. temple. And if I can't lead myself and be my best client to me mm-hmm. or be my best person to me as a role model to me, that is beautiful. Why would anyone should work with me? Because mm-hmm. self-leadership comes from within. And so it was through that journey that I then learned to love wearing lipstick on the color that I wear uh-huh. and not feel guilty. Because uh-huh. there was that sense of if I wear dark red, <laughs> I had that, you know, when someone... Uh-huh. wear it and then they are not owning it yeah 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 oh you, you, you tell own it girl you you own the shit out of it you should see your website oh my god it was like <sighs> well you know so it sounds like your journey very much was like the worth of the esteem the value came from the external you know and you hid all the parts maybe the insecure part or the the chunky calves part or the or the spiritual part like you hid all those and you wrestled with them and I love Justin that you finally were like hell with it. I, 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 this isn't living. Like I can't live always seeking validation from what other people think. Like, so, so, what would you say to people that are they're ready to burn it down? Like I'm no longer willing to try to please everybody and be everything that they think I should be. Here's my couple of tips. Number one is you know be aware of what. It's working in your brain because for us, it's for me, we programmed for so many years, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to catch my thoughts and then I will question why I think that way. Good. Excellent. Question my thoughts, watch my thoughts. Why would I think that way? Mm-hmm. And then I had to then ask for help. And then I manifest to be in a circle of people who love themselves who they yeah, are yeah. then I can see them as my way shower right and then as they are brilliantly showing me the way I can see what's possible nice. and then I learn that's possible yeah that's how self-love is that's how yeah. self-compassion is and start to do those things start to really then apply mm-hmm. it takes one step at a time for example, you know, napping. I used to think someone's crazy napping. Now I'm like, I just nap. I used to think that doing spa on a weekday is like, oh my God, how dare you? That's a weekend thing. I just do that now because I go, if I don't invest in me, I will not give my best to the world. And I have seen people in my leadership team that they are grinding. Yeah, And so they hurt people because when we are hurt, we can only be mirrors to hurt people. Mm-hmm. But if you want the world to change, that love has to come from within. And so invest in you as a priority number one. Start small. A lot of things doesn't require expensive investments, mm-hmm. right? Walking in the beach, being close to nature, whichever you know, element that suits your soul. Mm-hmm. Journaling was so powerful for me to shift journaling. Mm. I decluttered, you know, and I found tons of journals that I wrote for 20 years. Wow. Right? And just to 
lot of pain, a lot of rage because I didn't know how to move forward. But journaling has got a way that you can create your future because mm. remember, spelling means you put a spell oh on my what gosh. you write about oh, the future. That's, oh, that's, I've never heard that. That's delightful. And sorry, you can spell your future. Yeah. You can spell yeah. magic. Mm-hmm. And that when you spell magic, you breathe that, you believe in that, you sell that idea to yourself because someone sold some idea to you. Mm-hmm. And, and sorry, yours, why not right. sell a new one? Oh and then gosh. believe in that. Really, it's a daily practice. It's a daily practice to believe in that. So I use hypnotherapy. I do deep meditation. I, like I mentioned, apply a number of spiritual tools to help me. I work with my spiritual team in my business and myself. And I really connect. One of my biggest breakthrough was the book projects that I was part of and continue to be part of in the subsequent projects I'm in. I just surround myself. You know, when I do my shadow work and when I do my inner child work, when I did my Akashi Records reading, when I did my human design reading and I apply them and I take the time, all my certifications I do to help Mm-hmm. you know invest in my business I be the best student yeah. because if I apply those tools to help me then I am the breakthrough yeah, and I 100%. am the brand oh sorry oh this is so that good has been my journey so good you know I'm, the word freedom is coming to me and and it's here's the it's like the contrast because before people would have looked at you in the, the most fabulous suites, driving fabulous cars, wearing your designer thing, going, wow, that woman's got so much freedom. And yet you didn't. And your journey to self-love, now you have freedom. Now you get to be your soul's expression in the world, right? You get to, you get to lean into the places where there, there perhaps were untruths taught to you about your calves or your body or your lipstick or whatever, right? And so so I just really want to punctuate. I'm, I'm loving seeing all this freedom. And I thank you so much for sharing kind of the how to get there because that, that's what we all want, right? Yes. And so I encourage, you know, start small. Mm-hmm. The book that um, Therese, you know, and I wrote is called Uncensored, Untamed, Unleashed. Even if you meditate on those words and let your thoughts really sink in and ask your spiritual guides, whoever you believe in the universe to support you. And if you call in, you know, bright light, you will never be exchanged for something dark because you will be sent help and be willing to receive help, help in unlimited ways. Huge, right. The willingness to receive help is a huge thing because we are never taught to receive Mm -hmm. well. So learning to receive and really thank because it's like air right we need to breathe mm-hmm. in and out imagine we right. breathe in and right, never right, breathe right, right, right. yeah i love that oh you're so wise so jocelyn where can people two things where can people find you number one and number two is there a freebie you want to share with the folks absolutely i have got 111 success affirmations that I have used to really reprogram my own brain. So if you download that from my website, I highly encourage you read through and scan which one just speaks Mm -hmm. to your soul and really speak to that through mirror work. 
Mm. Mirror work means for me, I used to do this, right? I okay. used to write them. And when I do my um, mm-hmm. eyelashes, my mascara, my yeah. blusher, I read them. I pick a few and then yeah. I would read them and I would see the soul of my eyes. Nice. And I go, you know what, Jocelyn, this is you. Because mm. if I don't start doing that work, investing, and it doesn't take long, it can yeah. be two minutes. Right, right. Two minutes a day. Mm. And so that is very, very powerful to really build because reprogramming our own subconscious mind requires us to want to do it and to be committed to it. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I want to give to all awesome. of you. And we'll have the and links. That, we'll have the link in the show notes. So yeah. And the second thing is come and meet with me, connect me through Instagram, mm-hmm. LinkedIn, Facebook. I'm there. And I do have workshops and I also have my signature offered that we can business in field, but to do this work with me, you experience diverse experience because I've been in the corporate world and I've been in the spiritual element mm-hmm. and also continue to invest in me so I yeah. can bring my highest self and best version right. to every right. single time, call, event yeah, yeah, right. to share with you. And mm-hmm. so that is my gift to you all. And Beautiful. yeah, just stay in touch. I've got a podcast called Magnetic Abundance and you can absolutely listen to all the wonderful interviews that I do with other mm-hmm. women who mm-hmm. have grown, evolved and really take themselves to a whole nother level as well. Mm, so yummy. Oh my gosh. So you have gifted us tremendously. Thank you for sharing your journey. And I'm, you know, if you're listening to this, I want you to just kind of tune in and say, who needs to hear what Jocelyn is talking about? Who do I know? that is maybe trapped in an identity or a role that really wants to break free, but doesn't know how, right? And what I hear from Jocelyn is self-love, 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 (laughs) self-love, and lots of investing in yourself and a decision to get and receive support. Those are the most important topics. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Jocelyn. This was delightful. So peace and blessings. Bye Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, I really appreciate you listening to that last episode and I would love to get to know you a little bit more and to get to connect with you on a deeper level. And here's what I suggest. I've got a Facebook group that corresponds with the content of these podcasts. It's called Fiercely Brilliant Women in Business with Therese Skelly. So if you just search Facebook Fiercely Brilliant with Therese Skelly, you'll find the group. It's a really nice group. It's a small group and I'm super active in it. Each week, we have a lot of supportive conversations. I share a lot of resources. I do a lot of coaching on the spot. And I would love to have you join me there. So if you like the vibe of this podcast and you want to hang out with a pretty darn cool community of women, join us at Fiercely Brilliant on Facebook with Therese Scali. Alrighty, peace and blessings. And I hope to see you in the group. Bye now.